Hello, my zebras and spoonies. Thanks for coming and hanging out with me today. I am glad that you are here. Today, I'm going to be talking about Roe versus Wade. It's been pretty impossible as of late to avoid this topic in the news, and for good reason. The talk of overturning this landmark decision could have major impact on the way that all of us receive health care, because the truth is that Roe versus Wade is about a lot more than just abortion rights. So let's get into it. The first thing that I want to bring up about Roe versus Wade is that this case does not change the number of abortions that were happening in America every year. The estimated number of abortions before and after this decision was about a million. The difference was that after this decision, those abortions were legal. And why does that point matter? Well, it matters because it is important to know that making abortion illegal isn't going to keep women from having abortions. When they are illegal, the same number are going to happen. The only difference is that when they are legal procedures, they are regulated and thus they are safer procedures. When you are performing a medical procedure illegally, you by default are going to be performing that procedure in less than ideal circumstances. This means that just as many pregnancies are being terminated whether abortion is legal or not. However, abortion being legal does have a major impact on how many of those women survive those procedures. So if you are against abortion, I think it worth considering that making abortion illegal doesn't actually achieve the end that you are aiming for. There will not be a reduction in the number of pregnancies terminated. There will be an increase in the number of women who die. There will be an increase in criminal cases. There will be an increase in court and jail costs to process all of these cases. Doctors and women will go to jail for the choices that they make. This means that the country will be spending money to punish people for doing something rather than for preventing them from doing it. Is this the best way for us to be spending our money? And we will be removing doctors from practice in a time when we are already facing a national shortage of healthcare providers of all kinds. In reality, Research has shown that the best way to reduce the number of abortions each year is to ensure that women have access to free birth control. Yep, birth control is the answer to preventing abortions. This means that if you want to prevent abortions, maintaining Roe versus Wade is essential since it is what is also protecting women's rights to having access to birth control. From a medical perspective, perspective, it is not realistic to believe that we will ever achieve zero abortions. There are going to always be cases of pregnancies that are not viable and those that put the mother's life at risk. And it is important to remember that if the mother dies, the pregnancy won't make it either. So these cases are not about saving one in favor of the other. I am sure by this point you are aware that I am in favor of abortion being legal. I base this largely on my ethical belief of the importance of medical autonomy. When considering the issue of abortion from the perspective of medical autonomy, the question that arises is, does the life of another have any impact on the legal decisions that a person can make regarding their body? The answer based on medical autonomy is no, which means that there is no condition in which abortion should be not legally allowed. 
If we begin to make medical autonomy conditional, one must ask under what conditions will that autonomy then apply? Clearly, having medical autonomy only makes ethical sense if one is always legally allowed to make decisions for their body. This means that you can choose not to donate blood even if another's life depends on it. And really, there is no difference when considering abortion, even if you believe that life begins at conception. Thus, this question of when life begins is irrelevant because a person is never legally required to consider the life of another person when they are making a medical choice regarding their own body. Medical autonomy is an essential medical right that none of us are interested in giving up. It is the right that allows us to make choices about our care. This right allows us to choose if we are going to take a medication or not. It gives us the right to choose if we are going to have surgery or not. It is this right that allows us to choose to donate blood, bone marrow, or even a kidney to those that are in need and might die without them. Medical autonomy is what allows us to have control over our bodies. Because we have this right, and because this right supersedes the needs of others, abortion should be legal without any conditions. A woman should always have the right to choose regarding her body, even if it goes against what another person might need in order to remain alive. That's what medical autonomy is supposed to protect. I personally believe that medical autonomy is the most sacred of the patient's rights, and under no condition should it be allowed to be compromised. I do not want to live in a country that will allow others to decide what happens to my body for me. Regardless of that decision is about medications that I'm taking or surgeries that I'm having. Nor do I believe that the life of another person should have any legal impact or sway on those decisions that I make. As someone with chronic illness, I am making medical decisions for my body on a daily basis. The idea of losing that right is terrifying. Protecting abortion's rights is protecting the right of medical autonomy. Whether or not you are for the legalization of abortion or not, it is important to understand that this is not limited to just the issue of abortion. There are numerous other rights that have been founded upon the case law that Roe versus Wade has established. The right to privacy is the basis which Roe versus Wade is founded upon. This right, because of Roe versus Wade, extends to protect many other things. The right to privacy is the basis for other Supreme Court decisions. This draft decision is a slippery slope and could open the door to overturning those other decisions. They include decisions regarding contraceptives, such as Griswold versus Connecticut, Who We Marry, Loving versus Virginia, the case uh, deciding interracial marriage, Who We Live With, Roe versus East Cleveland, the case deciding that a grandmother could live with her grandson if she so chose, uh, What Languages Are Taught in Our Schools, Meyer versus Nebraska, the bearing of children, Skinner versus Oklahoma, and that was regarding forcible sterilization. Who we love, Lawrence versus Texas, um, and that's homosexual rights. Even what we read, Stanley versus Georgia, and this was a, in regarding adult pornography being kept in one's home. All of these rights are sitting firmly upon the right to privacy that is currently under fire in the way of the attack against Roe versus Wade. 
Roe versus Wade established the right to privacy as more than just being an implied right, but rather one that is guaranteed and protected by the Constitution. This creates a foundation for many important legal decisions that were made later and were based upon Roe versus Wade case law. It is this right to privacy that allows us to homeschool our children or send them to private religious schools instead of public school. It is this right to privacy that HIPAA laws are based upon. It is this right to privacy that all medical autonomy is founded upon. Not to mention that it is this right to privacy that keeps the government out of our lives in general, such as with phone tapping and video surveillance without you know, probable cause. If the court files their legal opinion as it is written now in that leaked draft, that right to privacy will be in jeopardy. If this right to privacy is revoked because the case law upon which it is founded is overturned, then you will no longer have these basic rights. In the worst case scenario, without Roe versus Wade, you will not be able to obtain birth control. You will not be allowed to marry someone of a different race. You will not be allowed to choose whom you live with. You will not be allowed to choose which languages your child is taught in school. The government could sterilize you against your will and without telling you. You will not be allowed to marry someone of the same sex. You will not be allowed to choose to homeschool your children or to send them to private religious schools. Medical facilities will no longer be required to keep your medical records confidential. You will no longer have the right to your medical information. You will no longer have medical autonomy, which means that you can no longer say no to donating a kidney or giving blood or having a surgery or anything else that a doctor or the government believes that you should have done. The government will be allowed to legally record you without you knowing about it without cause. And many other horrifying things that could all be put at risk if the privacy laws are undermined with the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Clearly, this is not just about abortion law, and this is not just about women's rights. Maintaining the integrity of the privacy laws is essential to the core basic freedoms of all the people of the United States. It is not just about a small group of people needing to be protected with this law. It is about all people needing to be protected. Roe versus Wade is the cornerstone case law that upholds our central rights and freedoms. The draft also reflects strict constructionism showing a preference for limiting interpretation of the U.S. Constitution to what is explicitly mentioned and a narrow interpretation of what are deeply rooted historical events. This is another slippery slope, considering that basic rights in the original Constitution were not extended to women or people of color. Not to mention that you also had to be a landowner. This means that those who would be protected for anything by the Constitution as explicitly written are the rich white men. That's it. No one else. Are we really interested in going back to the literal of uh, the interpretation of our Constitution? While I find it comforting that the majority of Americans see the inherent value of Roe versus Wade, I know that the Supreme Court is not legally obligated to make its decision in alignment with the majority opinion of the country. This unto itself is an alarming fact. Why is it that the Supreme Court is allowed to make a decision about the laws of this country that is in direct defiance with the will of the people. The nature of democracy is such that the majority is supposed to be the deciding factor, but that 
is not, in fact, how decisions are made in this country. Despite the fact that there are two times as many people who believe Roe versus Wade should remain intact than there are people who believe that it should be overturned, it still stands in jeopardy. I also find it horrifying that this was something that they were going to be deciding upon in secret. The only reason that the people know anything about this decision is because it was leaked. How is it legal for the Supreme Court to make decisions on laws that will fundamentally impact our rights while they're behind closed doors and in secret? The Supreme Court is supposed to be an agent for the people and as such be working in clear view in the public eye. Every decision that they make should come with public discourse that should then be considered prior to the decision being made. After all, they are supposed to be making decisions on behalf of the people and those decisions are supposed to reflect the desires and beliefs of the majority. So why all the smoke and shadows? Well, that's about it for my rambling today. Thanks for coming and spending time with me. If you like what you're hearing, please consider supporting my podcast. It really does help. And until we talk again, you all take care of yourselves. Bye.